0: Hello and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Okay, so we're starting a new series called Lay It Down and Let It Go. My original idea was let it go. And I was informed by my uh, younger sermon planning team in this particular season of the church that um, people could not just see Let It Go without thinking of that song. And uh, our kids were kind of more grown, and so I, I maybe saw it once or something. Just, But uh, the words aren't that great, really. I, it's not like Let It Go like I'm talking about. It's actually it's not, not as good. So. All right, so but we're going to be talking about a good version of lay it down and let it go, and uh, Lent is these. It's this forty days. It started on Wednesday, and uh, Ash Wednesday, and they had drive by uh, ash receiving opportunities across the street. (laughs) That's not the right word, is it? It's a blessing, yeah. And so uh, Ash Wednesday was was Wednesday. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> it's it's going to get better, I promise. <laughs> Woo! All right. <clears throat> and uh, so lay it down, let it go. in, in, in Lent is about, it's about recalibration. It's about realigning ourselves, getting calibrated as we're looking forward, laying stuff down that needs to go from our lives. And we're going to be talking about some of that stuff. Today is unforgiveness. Now, if you've got unforgiveness, that's something you want to lay it down and let it go. You don't want to hold on to that stuff. It festers. It it works in our hearts, gives the devil a place to work. It's not a good deal. So this week is forgiveness and freedom. All of them are about freedom because freedom is like salvation. That's what freedom is. Jesus came to set the captives free. When somebody says, you know, I got set free from prison, that you saved me is what that, you know, that's the way you say that. So that's a big deal. This is forgiveness and freedom. Next week is identity and freedom. Week after that, truth and freedom because we we are so prone to believe lies, right? Then we're going to talk about uh, peace and freedom, letting go of anxiety. Then we're going to finish it up with the renewed mind and freedom. So all of that stuff we need to be calibrating our lives to as we move forward into the future. And We're going to start with a couple of Bible verses. So open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3 verse 13. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, turn back a couple of pages into Ephesians chapter four, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So. This is a major teaching of the New Testament that we forgive as we've been forgiven. We've been forgiven, so we forgive others. That's the way this thing works. Jesus says something very similar in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15. This is how you pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. All of that's awesome. On earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive As we also have forgiven our debtors, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. And so the big, the big thing for us here, even as I've been waiting on the Lord, praying, we praying as a group together. Lord, what's what's the word? What are some words for 2018 and for the preaching that we're doing here in the Antioch pulpit? And forgiveness is one of those things I think we're supposed to come back to a few times. We're doing a one-off sermon on it today, but we're going to come back to it. Forgiveness is a big deal, and I just want to go ahead and say this is probably not the biggest. Uh, amen. Preach it. You guys are going to be shouting me down and waving at me and stuff because it affects every single one of us. There's not one person in this room that this issue doesn't touch in some way, shape, form in our lives. Something that happened a long time ago could have been something really serious. Could have been something much lighter that happened recently, or could be something that's going on right now. And people in the course of this message, well, the Lord will be highlighting people for us because He wants us to deal with this stuff. To be forgiven is to be forgiving. To be saved from bondage and brought into fellowship with God is to be brought in with a fellowship of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that God forgives. That's, That's who He is. He forgives. When we were dead and lost and enemies, we'll go over some of those verses in a minute, but that's what He does. He forgives. He's that kind of a God. So to be in relationship with Him and to receive His forgiveness is also to become like Him in forgiving others. And this is... Like the way to world peace. You want to stop cycles of violence and viciousness and revenge and vengeance and all of those things, tribalism, nationalism, all this stuff. You did something to me, tit for tat, I got to do something to you. You want to stop that? The way forward is forgiveness. Massive, massive word. What happens is, you know, when stuff happens to us, if we cannot figure out how to forgive, the victim. Eventually becomes the perpetrator. Happens all the time. You go look at prisons right now and they're filled with people that were victimized when they were children and became perpetrators. Wounded people wound other people. It's just like we're hurting. There's anger. There's, there's stuff in there. There's so much stuff in there that it explodes one day. You know, that's why when you're driving your car and somebody drives by and they flip you off and you're like, what, what what was that? You didn't even know what happened. And, you know, it's like there's something going on in there. And that's what happens in our lives when we don't forgive. Wounds give birth to plots which give birth to revenge. Cain and Abel, all it was was a little bit of envy, right? Just a little bit of jealousy. And before you know it, Cain's taking his brother out into the field and then Kills him. And that's the way that thing went down. And it happens on a large scale around the world. I've been thinking about this past week just some of the genocide stuff. The, the Armenians in Turkey in 1915. Like a million people or something. Uh, the Jewish Holocaust in Germany under Hitler. The, some of the outlying Soviet socialist uh, republics under Stalin. Massive. Millions of people killed you know, genocidal kinds of things, Cambodia, the killing fields, all of these different horrific, terrible things. And I've even been doing some reading this past week, Yugoslavia, the Balkan Wars, you know, those were nationalistic, trying to kill whole other people groups and get them out of your country. Laura and James were there. Roger and Aaron Massey were there, you know, and helped to plant a church. That's when I started learning about that stuff. Apartheid, I've been reading some from Desmond Tutu this week about, just some of the hurts and the pain, and what, what forgiveness takes, and what reconciliation actually looks like. One of the guys I was reading, a guy named Celestin Masakura, his, he wrote a book called uh, Forgiving As We Have Been Forgiven. And it's about the Rwandan genocide. And so, in 1994, in a three month period in the summer, like 800,000 to a million. Rwandans died at each other's hands. They, there was a kind of a tribal thing between Hutu and Tutsi tribe and 800,000 to a million people. And this guy, Celestin Musakura, was in, in uh, Kenya at the time. He was, he was Rwandan, but he was out of his country and he was getting a master's in theology. And when all this went down, he felt like that his new ministry was supposed to be go back into the country and work toward forgiveness and reconciliation. But the problem was, he's a Hutu, and when he goes and says, we need to forgive and reconcile, the Hutus are saying, no, we need revenge. That's what we need. And the Tutsis were hearing this message of forgive and reconcile, and they were saying, no, we're not guilty. And both groups, both his own, his own tribe and the other tribe, um, and the interesting thing was, he points out, is so many of these people were Christians, like 80% of the country But their primary allegiance wasn't to Jesus. Their first allegiance was to their tribe. And so when all this stuff went down, people are killing each other, revenge killings, all that. And even after the 94 window, he's in there working for uh, forgiveness and reconciliation three times. He's beaten once. He's tortured by the police. All this stuff is happening. Well, in 1998, he gets a call in the middle of the night, January 5th, 1998, and people had gone into a militia group had gone into his village, his old village, and they killed 70 people. And he got the call and found out that his mom, dad, stepmom, and a bunch of nephews and nieces had all been killed. And so this message that he'd been bringing about forgive, reconcile, he was like angry and he was bitter in his heart. And the Lord told him, He said, you're going to have to learn this message that you have been preaching at a whole nother level. And he had to learn to do it. One of the things, he was in a meeting one time because he knew the who the families were that, that killed, and, k- killed his family. And uh, he was in this meeting and there were three men from this family. And he had to s- just call them up and he said, I need to ask your forgiveness because I've known you were here and there's bitterness in my heart and I repent. And th- that's massive. I mean, when you start thinking about... Those levels of, of forgiveness, I mean, I, I know in my own heart, it's been hard at different times. In 1990, the late 90s, um, I, had a, I had a friend that I was walking with and had to confront him about an issue in his life, and it just didn't go well. It wasn't received, and I was trying everything I could do up until that point in my life. I'd always been able to just humble myself more, 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 and make it work. But on this thing, I just couldn't make it work. And I went to see a friend one time and I was kind of telling him what was going on. He's a leader in the body of Christ, a prophetic voice. And he looked at me for a minute and then he said, Jamie, the Lord has shown me by revelation. And I'm listening when he says this. I mean, he's a well-respected guy. The Lord's shown me by revelation that this situation is going to get worse before it gets better. All right. Cool probably that's, he's probably right you know and he said and that's why the lord wants you to know that his word for you is to guard your heart he wants you to guard your heart and i mean i must have remembered that over the course of the next two years i must have remembered that word 200 times guard your heart forgive forgive bless forgive keep your heart tender don't let your heart get hard on this thing over and 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 here's the, here's the word. This is what I'm trying to say this morning in one sentence. Put it in a sound bite. It's God's calling us to realign our lives to freedom, to the freedom that comes when we forgive as we've been forgiven. So you've got this is, a, this is a major teaching throughout the New Testament. It's just there over and over and over again. And it's we've been forgiven, so we're called to be forgiving. And we didn't get it together before we were forgiven. You don't get it together, and then you're forgiven. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5, Paul says it this way. When you were dead, dead, you dead people. You can't do anything. When you were dead in your transgressions and sins, God, who's rich in love and in mercy, came and He did it. He forgave you. He forgave you. When you were dead, he forgave you in Jesus Christ. And now he's raised you up and seated you with him at his right hand, just in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that's awesome. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. I'll read these and not just do the paraphrase here. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, You see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, so, so we're dead, we're powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this, while we were still sinners. So we're dead, powerless, still sinners. God expresses His value for each and every one of us, all over the world. Isn't that good news. That's good news. That's what we've been for. We've been forgiven. Colossians one says it this way: While you were still enemies in your minds so dead powerless sinners enemies in your minds chapter 1 verse 21 when you're alienated from god enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior but now god has reconciled you by christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish free from accusation okay wow this is really really good news what god has done for us in Jesus Christ. But out of that forgiveness now, we are called to forgive other people. And that's for each and every one. Nobody gets a pass. Nobody gets to receive God who saved His forgiveness and said, this is how I deem you, forgiven in Jesus Christ, period. Now, we don't get to put ourselves up on the judge's seat and say that God's forgiven everyone in Jesus Christ, but we judge someone unworthy of forgiveness. That's that making sense. I know it's not a big amen sermon, but I mean, that's that's like the truth. And so Jesus illustrates it like this. Turn to Matthew. Chapter 18, verse 21. She's going to say too, I'm not upset. I think I said that like I was upset. I'm not upset. it's good news then peter came to jesus and said and asked lord how many times shall i forgive my brother when he sins against me up to seven times jesus answered i tell you not seven but 77 times and the point here you guys isn't that you know we add up you know like i'm at 63 14 more times i'm off the hook here that's not the way it works it's 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 a fullness seven in the bible is a number of fullness so double the number of fullness is the way we're to forgive full and complete in god therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants and as he began the settlement a man who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. 10,000 talents. That's like 10,000 bags of gold. It's more than you could ever, ever imagine. Just gobs. And since he was not able to pay, his master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all he had be sold to repay the debt. And the servant fell on his knees before him and begged him, be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and didn't just kind of stretch out the debt, but canceled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a 100 denarii. It's like a 100 pieces of silver, just way infinitely less. And he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me. I'll pay you back. But he refused and instead went off and had the man thrown in prison until he could pay back the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. And the master called his servant in, You wicked servant, I cancelled your debt this debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you? In his anger, in anger his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my father, my heavenly father, will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from the heart. Okay, so there's a lot going on there, but one of the things we want to see is that just the torture dynamic that happens in our lives when we're unwilling to forgive, it's not just like by and by eternity. It starts right now. Like, if you want to get in on that, you can get in on it right now. And some of us, we're at different levels of experiencing. We know the truth of it. If you've walked in unforgiveness for any season of time, you know what it feels like. and and then been set free to be able to forgive somebody that hurt you. And so let's talk about this. This morning, we want to realign our lives and calibrate to forgiveness, the freedom that comes with receiving and giving forgiveness. But first, I want to talk about the cost, the cost of unforgiveness. So as we realign ourselves to forgiveness and freedom, we need to understand the bondage that comes with unforgiveness, so one way I'm going to try to help picture this today is with this piece of chain. And what happens is when we're being unforgiving and we're rehearsing what's happened in, in to us, you know, it's like they hurt me. I mean, like they hurt me. They said that and it it hurt my feelings, and I cannot let go of it. Not yet. There's there's got to be some time that goes by. I've got to somehow make them that they need to understand what it felt like and how much it hurt. And so I I'm gonna I'm gonna show them is what I'm gonna do. And I'm gonna at that family thing, I'm not even gonna go to that family thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let them know so they know I'm not there because I'm kind of getting And that will hurt them. See, I'm I'm actually what I'm doing right now is I'm hurting, I'm hurting them by 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 not forgiving them. And so I got i got this stuff on, and, but I'm making them pay. I'm going to hurt them. I'm going to make them pay for what they did to me, and I'm not going to let them go just yet. I know I'm supposed to forgive, but I'm not going to do that. And In the process, what happens is walls start to go up around my life. I start building up walls, and I start saying, you know, that thing hurts so bad. This hurts so bad that I vow I will never let someone hurt me like that ever again. And there starts to be a fixation and a focus, almost a, a precious-like treatment of the bonds that I've entered into by not forgiving the person that hurt me. And I'm going to do little things to make it harder on you and all of that. Jesus wants us to understand that this is foolish. It's, it, it is not a good plan. for. It's actually kind of heavy too, right now. I'm just going to say that. But a lot of times, we're we're going around carrying baggage like this and thinking it's hurting the other person. We're thinking that, you know, I'm getting at them, and but really, this is tying me up. This thing must weigh. It weighs a lot. Now, think about it in the Spirit in my life. You know, one of the Bible verses that really I do not like, or I don't want to have happen in my life anyway, is Ephesians 4.29, which says, don't go to bed angry. Don't keep, a, don't keep holding on to unforgiveness. Don't go to bed angry because you give the devil a place to work in your life. You give the devil a foothold. You give him a place where he can kind of work some chains in your life. And out of this, this just stops me from running. It stops me from going fast. It stops me from running the race that I'm called to run. It just messes with me. Satan himself. The interesting thing is, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen 14 says that Satan masquerades as an enemy of light. And so a lot of times we can be hurt, we can be wounded, and we can we can think that going rehearsing this stuff over and over again, withholding forgiveness from them, you know, Satan could say, Yeah, that's your discernment. You're, you're practicing discernment right now. You're it's a spiritual gift. We can even attribute to the enemy. Uh, to God, what, what is coming to us from the enemy. The way we're being locked up and bound. This makes sense. Sometimes, you know, we're abused in different ways as kids or things, and it's really, really difficult. And those things are hard. They're hard to forgive, and yet we're still called to forgive. And sometimes the, the, the offense that comes into our life, it's not like a big-time abuse. It's that somebody did something, said something, and it offended us. Anybody ever, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't know how many of you guys have ever heard of this book. It's by a guy named John Bevere. Been reading it this week, called "The Bait of Satan." How many of you like to take that, and pull that out in a class or something? And just hey, y'all, what you reading there? "The Bait of Satan." <laughs> Sounds kind of, but you know what the bait of Satan? Like it's actually a really good title. What, what's bait do? It's like a lure. It's a lure that's out in front of us, and he calls this bait offense. I'm gonna have to get my glasses to read it again. But he says, one of his most deceptive, one of his most deceptive and insidious kinds of bait, this is he's talking about Satan, is something that every Christian has encountered offense. Actually, offense itself is not deadly if it stays in the trap. But if we pick it up and consume it, so it's like floating right there and we just we kind of nudge over a little closer to it. (laughs) We eat it. It's not good. If We pick it up and consume it and feed on it in our hearts, then we have become offended. Offended people produce much fruit. Such as hurt anger, outrage, jealousy, resentment, strife, bitterness, hatred, and envy. Some of the consequences of picking up an offense are insults, attacks, wounding, division, separation, broken relationships, betrayal, and backsliding. Often those who are offended do not even realize they are trapped. They're oblivious to their condition because they are so focused on the wrong that was done to them. They are in denial The most effective way for the enemy to blind us is to cause us to focus on ourselves. He says a little bit more about that. It's kind of in relation to pride. And he says, once I was severely hurt by a couple of ministers. People would say, I can't believe they did this to you. Aren't you hurt? And I'd respond quickly, no, I'm fine. I'm not hurt. I knew I was wrong. It was wrong to be offended. And so I denied it and repressed it. And I convinced myself I was not, but in reality, I was. And my pride masked masked the true condition of my heart. Pride keeps you from dealing with truth. It distorts your vision. You never change when you think everything's fine. Pride hardens your heart and dims your eyes, the eyes of your understanding. And if you keep your, it keeps you from change, the change of heart repentance that will set you free. Pride causes you to view yourself as a victim. Your attitude becomes, I was mistreated and misjudged. Therefore, I am justified in my behavior. Because you believe you're innocent and falsely accused, you hold back forgiveness. And though your true heart condition is hidden from you, it's not hidden from God. Just because you were mistreated, you do not have permission to hold on to an offense. Two wrongs don't make a right. So all of this is, is, uh, is, is powerful in our lives this thing that becomes like this precious bondage to us and i'm wanting to be set free right now it's wanting to come off me but i'm not done yet so i don't know i'm going to do this lord help me but uh the offense becomes precious to us um micah and i were talking about this earlier uh in the week and he said you know Unforgiveness is like uh, it's like drinking rat poison and thinking it's going to hurt the rat. When in reality, it's just poison for us, you know, Um, and this really what's going on here is when I'm when I've been hurt by somebody and I won't let go of it, it's like I'm tethered to them. You know, they're going, they may go on with their life, have, be living a fruitful life and all kinds of stuff, but I'm tethering myself to them in my wounds. Desmond Tutu said, The strings that we attach to forgiveness become the chains that bind us to the person who harmed us. So it's, it's like this. If I say, uh, they need to repent a certain way in order for me to forgive them. Anybody ever had a thought like that? You know, they need to like not sort of repent. But they need to like really repent. You know, not dabby tears, but heaving. <laughs> I'm a scurvy worm of a dog looking no good. Like, it's got to be like really bad, really just horrible. You know, and we put those strings. And what he's saying is the strings we attach to that becomes the chain that binds us to that person. We've got to be able to forgive. Just as in Christ, God forgave us. So it's a really big deal. A broken relationship with the person, certainly, that's happening. But it's a broken relationship with the Lord. We can't love God and not love our brother or sister. And I keep thinking, as I've been messing around with this chain yesterday and today, that what would it be like, as awkward it is for me to move around, it's heavy, my left shoulder, really heavy <laughs> my left shoulder's heavy but imagine that there's a bunch of us in the church and we're supposed to be running together we're there's stuff we're supposed to be doing but we can't do it because we're all running around with this stuff my hands aren't free and you know all i can think about is getting somebody back and this is just awkward and i won't let go of it you know that's going to hurt us as a people too so what do i do what do we do how do we get out of this this stuff and it's to forgive as we've been forgiven bear with each other forgive whatever grievances you have against forgive just as the Lord forgave you be kind and compassionate to one another forgive one another just as in Christ God forgave you so that's that's what we were called to do but it's sometimes it's hard to let go and we think that we and it's just we need to be confronted I need to be confronted we all need to be confronted like this it's chains it's bondage it's not worth it and we can't overrule god who said i forgive them because of jesus christ and say yeah but i don't forgive them does that make sense so we've been forgiven and we agree with god in our own forgiveness god forgives them in jesus christ and we agree with him as well so that's that's how the process of freedom works it's it's the theology of it is the cross Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven of our sins, but it's because of the body of Jesus Christ on the cross dying for sinful humanity. It's not just that we commit sins, it's that we are a sin factory. So Romans chapter six, verse six is the basis of our deliverance from this body of death. Okay, so the basis of our deliverance into freedom. And it is that for we know that our old self was crucified with Christ on the cross like That old Adam, my old life, that flesh died with Jesus on the cross so that by faith, I can trust in him by faith. I can live by his new life. And it's absolutely huge. Miroslav Volf says, forgiveness flounders because I exclude the enemy, my enemy from the community of humanity and because I exclude myself from the community of sinners So, I can't forgive if I'm dehumanizing you and saying you're not a part of the humanity that Jesus Christ died for. And I can't experience forgiveness if I put myself outside of the community of sinners that need that forgiveness. We're all in this together. And this is how, you know, we need to get out of this stuff. And I, one of the things I've been thinking about even this morning was I want to start thinking about the chains of unforgiveness in a different way. I don't, it's, You know, like for a lot of guys, you know, we've had to work through like getting the proper perspective about sinful images, like it's vile, nasty, vomit covered, dehumanizing gross. And that will help you on the way to get the right perspective about looking at stuff you don't need to look at. It destroys lives. It dehumanizes people. What if we did the same thing with the chains of unforgiveness? And we say, This is nasty. It's vile. It dehumanizes people. It's not worth holding on to it. Get rid of it. And you say, Jamie, my goodness, you sound like you're wanting to change our minds about stuff. Yes, it's called repentance. That's what it is. And so we say, Lord, I repent. Of holding that grudge against that person, of nursing, rehearsing, cursing, going over it, over it, and over it, and I let them go, Lord. I absolutely forgive them in the name of Jesus. And I'm putting this as a, it's interesting. This is an offering basket, bucket, and it's really an offering to the Lord. Lord, take it. I release them, I bless them in the name of Jesus, and I let them go. And I let go of that bondage that's on me. And that's good news. I mean, practically, you know, we need to know the truth. And the truth is, we forgive just as the Lord forgave us. You need to know, you're forgiven. And now you can forgive others. We all can. This touches every single one of us practically. I, I use the Lord's Prayer all the time. Almost daily, but and I and just practically I go to a website called uh, the Ann Arbor Vineyard, and they have there you can pull up on your phone and save it as a as a window on your phone, but uh, it 's called pray the hours morning, noon, and evening and it 's just three or four minutes of scriptures you just kind of read through, but it always has the lord 's prayer in there and I've found that praying the lord's prayer this is a Bible i usually i 'm using my phone i 'm just And I'm going to demonstrate this because this is what it actually looks like. I'm in my office up here or I'm in my study at the house. I'm walking around the living room sometimes. Kim's gone. And I'm praying through those passages. I'm just looking at them. I'm reading them. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, all my soul, all these different things. And I get to the Lord's prayer. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, which is awesome. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Now, here's the deal. On that prayer, there's a reason why the Lord told us to pray that prayer. You can't pray that prayer and not do that. We pray that prayer so that we can forgive those who have sinned against us. And so I'm marching around, and it's not every day, but on some days something comes up. Susie, Lester, Fred, trying to pick Lester's. Susie's Fred's okay we'll run with it so you know and and something comes up I say, Lord I forgive them and I bless them in the name of Jesus and I don't count that time it's not like I say that was number 11 or that's the whole point of that parable right you forgive and you keep on forgiving and so Lord I forgive them and I bless them in the name of Jesus that's just a real practical that's what it looks like practically practically I use the cards, and we can all use these cards. They are going to be on the front stage here. Grab them. Grab them. They're called tending your heart. they got the steps to forgiveness on here. You know, Father, who do I need to forgive? So let's just wait on the Lord. Father, this is, this is, it's right there. Father, who do I need to forgive? Okay. Father, what do I need to forgive that person for? And then name it. Like, Father, I forgive so-and-so for saying that thing to me, for doing that thing to me. That And then describe what it did in your heart that, that wounded my heart in this way. And it's made it hard for me to go forward. I forgive them. And I bless them. Here's the release. I release so-and-so from this offense and this wound against me and I bless them in the name of Jesus. There is freedom in that, man. I mean, there's like liberty in that. And then repent myself. Lord, I repent for any sinful reactions, any bitterness, any resentment or anger that I have had toward that person. Father, do you forgive me? And what do you think you're going to hear there? Yes, Yes, but it's important because a lot of times we struggle, you know, part of the reason we struggle in forgiving other people is we struggle forgiving ourselves. This is a big deal. Then I forgive myself. And then, you know, there's there's uh That blessing thing is absolutely huge. I would say do that as often as you need to do it. One of the things we talk about, Laura leads our listening prayer. She said, you know, forgiveness themes are always... That's a big deal for all of us. If we're working toward getting free from the past and wounds of the past, forgiveness stuff is just always in the middle of all that. Just It could be just family, friends, all different kinds of things. Now, here's another practical thing. As far as it depends on you, you can only do so much. I mean, you as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Romans 12 verse 18. As far as it depends on you. And here's another practical thing. And that is if is, don't go to somebody and forgive them if they don't know there's an issue. Is that fair? Um, it's like this. When you're talking about forgiveness, you're also talking about judgment. So when we're forgiven by by what God has done for us in Jesus Christ on the cross, I forgive you because of what Jesus did. He's also saying, I judge you as guilty and needing forgiveness. Somebody say, please, on that one. That's really awesome. It's good news. But I judge you as guilty and needing forgiveness. So when we go to somebody, we go to somebody, we've got an issue to work through, then we go to them to work through an issue. They've got to know there's an issue there, we can't just go for I. I pronounce you guilty and forgive you all in the same whack. We've got to talk about what the issue is. I literally had somebody one time come and forgive me for not saying hi to them. And um, just back here somewhere, I, I, I just and I. It was just kind of like a drive-by, you know. And and I was just, uh, what just happened, you know? And I did I did I do that, you know. And I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know it was an issue. I didn't know I needed forgiveness. But you know it took me four hours that afternoon to process it and talk about it and loop around on it and all my insecurities like come to the, you know, surf. Am I only the one that does stuff like that? You know, so so when we go to people and there's a way to go to people. So so here we go on the levels of communication and go into people to talk about the fact that there is a conflict that needs to be worked through. And I've jokingly talked about the lowest. There's a there's kind of a hierarchy, a food chain of ways of communicating. So the lowest down here is is smoke signals. Don't use smoke signals. You're going to be misunderstood no matter no matter what you don't. Don't use smoke signals. Okay. next up the food chain is text messaging. Don't use text messaging to initiate a conflict resolution. It's going to be misunderstood. It ain't going to work. Just, I thought you needed to know this and I forgive you. It's not going to work. It happens all the time, but it's it's not going to work. Don't use uh, letter writing. Don't write an email to somebody and then send it as your attempt to work through that conflict. The Bible says in Matthew 18, if you have a problem with a brother, you go to them face to face. So you go and you talk. You say, well, you don't understand, and I've had people say this I need to write the letter because I can't, I, I got to get my thoughts together. That's great. Write the letter, do not send it, set an appointment up, and then go talk with the person and use your notes or read the letter if you need to do that so that they can respond to you in the moment. If you send the email, whoop, they get it and they're like, oh, wow, oh my goodness, hey, can we get together? No, it's going to take four or five days or so for me to be able to do that. I'm busy. That's why I sent you the email. I'm busy. And so you've dropped a volcanic bomb of yuck on them, and not giving them the chance to respond in the moment. And it, can I just say too, behind a com- we say things we would say things behind a computer screen, frassin frassin, no good. That we would never say face to face the spirit of god has a chance to work in a way face to face brother loving brother sister loving sister face to face in a way that just transcends our ability to text or write a letter and so there's a reason that he says it's not just because they didn't have email you know there's a reason it's go face to face just it's just things i've even i've even just how many of you guys, if you've ever been in any conflict, and you 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 say you kind of rehearse, well, I need to say this and this and this, but then you're you're there with them, and it's just everything tenderizes. The Holy Spirit of God tenderizes the thing. We love each other, and we're working through stuff. It's just a totally better, different uh, uh, scenario. So, I need to land this. Um. I think for all of us, if we will keep a uh, just a really tender place in our heart, a short not not let things get strung out, pray the Lord's Prayer, forgive regularly, we'll keep things tighter. And then if something comes up where we need to talk to somebody, go and talk to them. And this is ultimately how we can walk in a kind of freedom that God's calling us to. And it is to forgive so that we can walk in freedom. Let me say this to you. And then I want us to respond today, and that is that God wants us to be holy, but filled with his joy and his purpose and passion and hope and love and joy. There's exchange things that he wants to give us that we don't just walk in unforgiveness, but he wants to fill us with. Help me out. What's he want to fill you with? Love. Love. He wants to give us love. What else? Peace and joy. Joy. You know, if if we'll pause and say, Lord, what do you want to give me? Instead of that, instead of those chains, so that yuck, what do you want to give me? A a new life, a life that's marked with all of that goodness that he has for us. You are not a slave people. You're not a bondage people. You're a free people. (laughs) Let's live it. Let's stand up. Worship team, come on up. I'm just praying, you know, for me today, I'm praying, Lord, would you do something in our hearts that would bring breakthrough? And it may be something that starts today that gets lived out over the next week or a couple of weeks, but God's wanting to move in us and through us and do that with freedom and liberty. And it's part of that answer is forgiveness. So, Father, would you just absolutely come and uh, touch our hearts here today? We need you and we want to respond to you. Lord, would you give us grace to be responders in this moment? If there's something, just if we need prayer, just a, an agreement with somebody, just about uh, just a breakthrough that we want to see happen, or just just maybe we need prayer to uh just say, hey, agree with me. I, I'm just I want to express forgiveness in this situation in my life. And, you know, sometimes we need help doing that. And just say, Father, who do I need to forgive? And Father, I forgive them in the name of Jesus for this hurt. And Father, I repent in my own life. I repent and I, Lord, I release them and bless them. I repent of bitterness. I repent of unforgiveness. And I release and bless them. What do you have in exchange for me now? So let's just do that ministry here. I believe, you guys, right now is the most important part of this whole morning that we've done. It's right now. Right now, it's what God wants to do in you so that we can become this community of people that really are touching the world around us. But it starts in this stuff in our hearts. So, Father, would You give us grace to respond to You today? If we need You in any way, that we would come running, (laughs) running to the throne of grace. We love You so much and we need You. Help us bring that healing and forgiveness in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So come and get prayer, you guys. You know. The Lord knows. Respond to Him. Be aggressive in response. Be a person that's grabbing a hold of the kingdom of God. And let's press in in repentance and in life here today in Jesus' name.